Concealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. As we get into the change of seasons, what is a, the line that literally separates Pentecost from Tabernacles? What is the line that separates the former reign from the latter reign? And what is that high calling of God in Christ Jesus that we must run in a race to obtain in the body of Christ being in one. Don't you know that all run in a race, but only one winneth a prize. And that prize we know is the Lord Jesus Christ, but it's in the fullness of it. It's not just knowing him after the spirit, but coming to the full measure of the statue of Jesus Christ unto a perfect man. Jesus ahead, and we the body of Christ growing up into him in all things and all truth that we're not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. We are going to see in the genealogy of Jesus Christ that Jesus talked about this generation should not pass until all these things be fulfilled. And there's been much speculation about what this generation is. The generation that should be counted for the seed. And that seed is the Christ generation. Well, we see in two lineages. One, the royal dynasty line of David the kingly line in Matthew 1, and then we have the priestly line after Aaron of Levi and Levitic in, in Luke, I'm sorry, in Luke 3. And that Luke 3 genealogy is according to the flesh, according to the biological fathers and sons, whereas Matthew 1 in the genealogy of Jesus Christ goes from Abraham to David, the carrying away into Babylon and to Christ, which is the legal, the legal dynasty line of David, fulfilling the prophecy that God gave unto David, the Lord has sworn in truth unto David, and will not turn from it, of the fruit of thy body, that's the flesh, will I, God, that is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty himself, set upon thy throne, David, your throne. And that's yet to be fulfilled. And of course, it will be in the millennial where we will reign as kings and priests. But what is that line that, that we enter into the king priesthood? Now we know that we are now called the sons of God, but it not, doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know this, when we see him, we shall be as, as he is. In that time of the coming of the Lord, that second uh, uh, advent of Jesus, where he comes without sin and salvation for the salvation of his saints, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the trump of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. We which are alive and reign shall be caught up together and meet the Lord and there, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort you one another with these words. But before that, there is a race. It is contending for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And there's many conjectures, speculations, and theories about the ministry of Elijah in the restoration. And of course, that's part of it, and that's true. But it's far greater than that. And we're going to see where God has made that provision in the king priesthood. And why the signet is to be revealed before the second advent of Jesus. And only those that seek 
the Lord diligently with their whole heart will see it. That will be included in it. Will be vessels of honor, meet for the master's use. Those will be the ones for the work of the ministry. Those are the ones uh, that will preach the gospel of the kingdom to all in all the earth as a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. But is critical and essential to our salvation that we know these things that in all truth, growing up into Jesus in all things of truth, not partial truth, not seen through a glass darkly, but in all things, all truth that were not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. God has put this body together and compacted it together to the measure of every part, that the measure of faith in every individual member in particular, but it's fitly framed together by the Lord Jesus himself, the Holy Ghost, the Lord, compacting it together. And it compacted to where the devil can't get in. That's a short work that the Lord will do in the last days, cutting it short in righteousness, in the revelation of Jesus coming to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, by the body of Christ, in obedience unto righteousness, yielding the peaceable fruits of holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. As we get into it, we will focus upon Zerubbabel. We're going to see that, and there's some discrepancies in the word that some say is a direct contradiction, which we know there's no contradiction in the word of God. It may look like a factual discrepancy or a factual contradiction, but it drives us deeper into the truth of where there is no contradiction spiritually. But it's by revelation. And it's only revealed by the Holy Ghost. So it sorts, short circuits a natural mind. The natural mind cannot understand these things. The, the wicked cannot understand these things, regardless of them, how would they call themselves wise and become fools. God has taken the wisdom of this world and hid it from the wise and revealed it unto babes. And such is the kingdom of heaven. Except we come as little children. As little children. Believing those things. We cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. It's critical for salvation. It's not just one verse. But the ones that want the truth. Not just the sweet honey of the word and revelation. Which is sweet to the mouth as honey. But bitter to the belly. And the suffering. If you suffer with him, you'll reign with him. And that got it not a strange thing when you fall into manifold temptations. Though your faith be tried as by fire. God's going to try the faith. I counsel you to buy me gold tried in the fire. Why? Because that faith, though it be tried as by fire, will come forth as pure gold to the glory of God. And those are the works of righteousness, not of the law but the righteousness of God by faith. As we look at this dividing line, separating the former reign from the latter reign, from uh, 
the old wine to the new wine, that we in the body of Christ must make ourselves new wineskins in this new thing that God will do. And he has shown it to us there plainly in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Now, as we look at that Matthew 1, the genealogy of Jesus, according to the royal dynasty line of David, that is the legal line. It starts with Abraham. And there are three different sections of 14 generations. 14 being the Bible numeric of the newborn, born-again believer. Salvation. 14, the number of salvation. There in the first uh, section, the first division, goes from Abraham to David. 14 generations. Then we count from David to the carrying away into Babylon. 14 generations. Now this will also, in the spiritual realm, give us a revelation of Jesus in the work of the ministry in the last days. In the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show and to his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Those things are the things of faith, and it's all true. It's given to us all things, and all truth and no lies of the truth. It is the revelation of Christ. Now, we see in that mystery of Babylon, the great, the mother of harvest, and abominations of the earth, that she says in Revelation, I said a queen, I am no widow, and I will see no sorrow, no birth pain. And that is the message of peace. Peace, saying peace when there is no peace. It's a doctrine of veiled prosperity. And many have erred thinking that gain is godliness, that you can have Jesus Christ and money, mammon too, be rich toward yourself and still make heaven, which is a direct contradiction of the word of God. We see that. And the rich man, a certain rich man, ground brought forth plentifully. And he said, what shall I do? I have much goods. I know what I'll do. I'll pull down my barn and build greater. I will increase my business. That's a good businessman. Knowing when to, to increase your business. He did so. Then he said, so take thine ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. For thou hast much good stored up for many years. That's the same as the, the Laodicean church that we see in Revelation 3. She's increased with goods, has need of nothing, blessed in prosperity, said, I have need of nothing, nothing that I need at all. I have everything I need. But the Lord says, you're poor, wretched, naked, naked, blind, and destitute. Talking about a mistake, mistaken identity. Many of everything think of the gain is godliness. We're living in that kind of a generation. And he said, I counsel of thee to buy me gold, pride in the fire. That's tempered mortar. The walls are the walls of salvation. 
and we're going to take a good look at that wall. That wall, then the holiest of all, the most holy place, the holy of holies. And in that wall, we're going to find a wall of cedar. And it's going to be the cedar work. As we get into these things, this is for the latter rain. Not a Pentecostal rain, but a tabernacle rain. The last day rain of the Holy Ghost. The last great rain of his strength for those that have an ear to hear. Now, as we focus on in this podcast, Zerubbabel, Zerub, born in Babel, Babylon. And we're told to come out of Babylon and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you as sons and daughters. In Matthew 1, as we take a look at the, the genealogy of Jesus Christ, we see that 14 generations from Abraham to David, 14 generations from David to the carrying away into Babylon. And then from the carrying away into Babylon unto Jesus is 13 generations, not 14, 13. Or if we add him, he's the 41st generation. And notice how it says it in verse 16 in Matthew 1, verse 16, and Jacob beget Joseph, the husband of Mary. Why? Because Mary's the biological line, and Joseph is the kingly line in the dynasty of David. That's the legal line. So it's very important that we understand that everything that we see listed in Matthew 1 and that genealogy of the generation of Jesus Christ is the legal line, the royal dynasty line of David. However, the biological line the fleshly line of the line of Aaron and Levi will be in Luke 3, according to Mary, who was also of the lineage of David also. Now, as we take a look at that, in verse 16, we're going to see that Jesus is that 41st generation. And that uh, lets us have a revelation of this Christ generation. But in this lineage, we're going to see that there is a king priesthood revealed to us very plainly and only in one man's name, and that's Zerubbabel. Now, as we delve into it, we'll see in verse 16, and Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, 41st generation, and at the last 14 generations, it is the 13th generation in the last section of division of 14, or a total of 41 generations in the 42 total. Who was born Jesus? That's the, that's the legal line, the royal dynasty line of David. Who is called Christ? Called Christ. That's your 42nd generation. That's the Christ generation. That's the generation that should be counted for the seed, the seed of uh, Jesus, the seed of Abraham, the seed of David. And that is according to the flesh, that Jesus Christ is coming the flesh is how we discern whether the spirit or the spirits are of God or not. In 1 John 4, verse 1 through 4, there are many false prophets entered into the world, not the few, but many. And most will be deceived in the last days. It says so very specifically. Jesus said, 
when they asked, do there be saved, Lord? And he said, strive to enter in at the straight gate. That straight is the gate and narrow is the way that leadeth to life. Few there be that find it. Few. Why is that? Because in Christ Jesus, in that Christ, are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge, which is the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. Without that doctrine of Christ, the man, the believer, hath not God, even though he has believed in the name of Jesus in a worldly, churchly fashion, is not saved. A case of a mistaken identity. Believe in what has been passed down by ecumenical councils and synods of a trinity or a binary twoness or even a oneness doctrine that is simply not the truth. So God's revealing the truth in the last days, these days, so that we, through his judgments, will call and return back to the true Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ, the true God and eternal life, the real Jesus. And we are to behold the real Jesus. Now, with that said, we see that Christ generation in Matthew 1, verse 16. Looking at Zerubbabel, remembering that this is the royal dynasty line or the legal line, we look at and notice verse 12. And this is at the time of the Babylonian captivity, destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar in 586 B.C. And after they were brought to Babylon, Jeconias, which is the same as Kaniah, Jeconias, Jeconiah, or Kaniah, the Kaniah curse that we're going to refer back to in Jeremiah 22, 22nd chapter. But it says, Jeconiah beget Selathiel, which is... Uh, the same as Sheltiel, I have asked El for a son. I've asked El for a boy. There's your man child to those that have an ear to hear. And Selathiel, or that is Sheltiel, that is, I have asked God for a son, beget Zerubbabel. Zeru, born in Babel, Babylon, and we're told to come out of Babylon, which is confusion. It is very important to see that on the legal line, Zerubbabel is named as in the legal kingly line of David that there is the king line, the kingly line. But we find that he is the son of Sheltiel. I've asked God for a son. Of Jeconiah. And there's a problem there. It's problematic because Kaniah in Jeremiah 22 is cursed and said none of his seed in his days was set upon the throne of David. Now, we'll refer back to this in a minute as we look at the Luke fleshly biological line of David through Mary. And we know that because we see there in verse 31, Luke 3, 31, according to Mary, her lineage 
which was the son of Melaliel, which was the son of Menon, which is the son of Mattatha, which was the son of Nathan, which was the son of David. Mary's in the biological, fleshly lineage of David. The other line of Jeconiah is the dynasty legal line of David, the kingly line. This is the priestly line of Aaron and Levi, according to the flesh, which would be Matthew would have Zerubbabel as the king, the kingly line, and Luke 3 will have Zerubbabel, as we shall see, in the fleshly line or priestly line or the king priest and only one man listed there, Zerubbabel. Very important and critical that we see it because this will be the dividing line between the former reign and the latter reign, between the old wine and the new wine that we must enter into to be in the correct season. Now, Satan will seek to change times and seasons. But the true people of God, the wise shall understand these things. The wicked cannot understand them. Now, when we see in uh, verse 27, referring back to Zerubbabel, we're going to see which was the son of Joanna, and we're going from the fleshly line, the biological line, from Jesus, and then going all the way back to Adam which was the son of God, and that's a little S-O-N. And it's there, it states there in verse 23, and Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age. That must be 30 years to enter into the high priest office according to Numbers 4. Being as was supposed the son of Joseph, which was the son of Heli. Now we're seeing that not Jacob, but Heli. It goes to the fleshly line. When we take a look there and go to verse 27, we're realizing this is the biological line, fleshly line. And it says, which is the son of Joanna, which is the son of Resa, which was the son of Zerubbabel. There's Zerubbabel again, born in Babylon, Babel which was the son of Sheltiel, same that we see in Matthew 1, which was the son of Nera. Now, we see that Sheltiel, Sheltiel in Matthew 1 is the son of Jeconiah, but we're seeing that that is not the biological father. It is the legal of the Dynasty line of David, of the royal lineage of David. Giving Jesus the right to the throne of David, legally. And we're going to see that in the Hebrew, when you have bait, aloft bait, or beth, that we find in the house, if, if anyone that cohabits in the house of this father, be it sons, nephews, nieces, be it uh, nephews, be it uh, grandsons, anyone or a stranger that cohabits in this bait 
or house will be considered in Hebrew a father in a legal sense. Not biological sense, but in a legal sense. The same, we're going to see that Jeconiah, the father of Shelziel, the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel being in the king line, the kingly royal lineage of David, the king line. There we have in Luke 3, the priestly line. The king priest is Zerubbabel again. That's where it changes. That's where we have a definite king on the legal side and a priestly side of Zerubbabel. Neri being the biological father of Shelziel, of the biological father of Zerubbabel. Now, when we look at what has been problematic, and you want to know who Neri is, well, he Neri, when you go to 1 Chronicles, the third chapter, we're going to see there is a legal line there. And we see verse 10 through 15, in First Chronicles 3, I'm sorry, through 15 through 20, verse 15, and it says, The sons of Josiah were the firstborn, Johanan, and the second, Jehoiakim, the third, Zedekiah, and the fourth, Shalom. Now, we'll see this again in Jeremiah 22 about the Kaniah curse. Shalom, that we will see, references the fourth son of Josiah. And verse 16, and the sons of Jehoiakim, Jeconiah, that is Kaniah, Jeconiah, Zedekiah, his son, and the sons of Jeconiah, Aser, Sheltiel, his son. There is, uh, there in that Sheltiel, we're talking of the legal, the bait, the house, being a legal father using the word beta, cohabiting in the house of Jehoiakim, son of Sheltiel. His son being Sheltiel, or I have asked El for a son, and Makaram also, and Padiah, and Shenazar. And it goes on, Jeconiah, Hoshema, and Nedabiah. Look at verse 19. And the sons of Padiah, Padaya were Zerubbabel. Now we have Zerubbabel there again, but this is the legal line of Jeconiah, of father of Sheltiel, father of there, Zerubbabel. The sons of Padaya were Zerubbabel, going through Padaya now, which is the legal line. And we don't have it all listed, but 42 generations from Abraham to David to David to carrying away to Babylon, Babylon unto Christ. For that Christ generation, which is the 42nd generation. So there's a mystery there to be revealed in the last days and the mystery of God and the Father and of Christ, which is revealed in and through the body of Christ for God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessel. Now what is it is now revealed. Where? In the body of Christ. 
but we have this treasure. The treasure of what? In Christ are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves. What is that revelation? The Lord is that spirit. First, we know that he is the father of glory. He is God. He is the father. He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the Elohim. That Jesus Christ, the man, is God. He is the father. The Lord is that spirit. Who's the Lord? Jesus Christ. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Now, that's the perfect law of liberty. How do we get to the perfect law of liberty? Well, by walking in the light as he's in the light, that Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. But righteousness is obtained through obedience unto righteousness, for whosoever will yield our members as servants to obey, him are the servants to whom we obey. Whether of sin unto death, that's a carnal-minded man, to be carnally-minded is death, or of obedience unto righteousness, which leads to pure holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. So obedience unto righteousness and grace reigns through righteousness, which requires faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and obedience unto righteousness, growing up into him in all things, seeing your good works and glorifying your Lord Jesus, your Father, which is in heaven. With that said, coming unto the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ is that per, through the perfect law of liberty, where the Spirit of the Lord is, 2 Corinthians 3, 16, 17, and 18, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Well, what is that? The perfect law of liberty. It's a glass. Well, now in Pentecost, we've been seen through a glass darkly. Having knowledge in part. Knowledge shall cease. Prophecies shall fail. Only having knowledge in part of the Lord Jesus Christ. But now, God has shown forth this glory in the face of Jesus, that we have this treasure in earth and vessels, that the excellency of the power might be of God and not of ourselves, that we now know the Lord is that spirit. He is the father of glory. 2 Corinthians 3.17. Very next verse, the Lord is that Spirit, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. There's a perfect law of liberty. Looking as in a glass, the perfect law of liberty, James says, we're changed into the same image. And that is exactly what Paul said in 2 Corinthians, the third chapter. We all with open face now, not beholding as in the glass darkly, but now with open face, open face, Beholding is in a glass. Remember that liberty of the Lord, the perfect law of liberty. We're looking in a, in a glass or changed into the same image, the perfect image of Jesus Christ unto perfection for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. And that's where we are now. What man is it? It's a king priesthood. Where is it revealed? In the lineage of Jesus. And it's Zerubbabel. And that Zerubbabel are the ones that, in the spiritual sense, are born in Babylon, but to come out unto Babylon unto perfection. And I'll receive you as sons and daughters. Now, to understand, Mr. Babylon, the great the mother of hearts, abominations of the earth, that she wears scarlet and purple, but she cannot wear the blue. 
she will never know that Jesus, the mystery of God and the Father and of Christ, that Christ is the Father of glory. They don't understand that. And the wise do. The Lord is that spirit. And that perfect law of liberty. That we all with open face beholds in the glass, we behold that mystery of God and the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge, now revealed to the wise unto perfection, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And it is revealed in a sign, a sealing. And it's Zerubbabel. Because he's the only one that is in the legal lineage of David, according to the royal dynasty in the kingly line of David, being a son of Sheltiel, son of Jeconiah, the Kaniah, even though the Kaniah curse, we're talking about the legal line, not the physical, fleshly line, or the biological line. That's in Luke, the third chapter. And in Luke, the third chapter, we see that uh, we have him listed there in verse, that's like we had mentioned there in verse uh, 27. It states very simply that Jeconiah is Zerubbabel. Jeconiah is not listed. For we see that Zerubbabel is stated as son of Sheltiel, son of Neri. Neri. That's the physical, biological line, not Jeconiah. Very important. Why? Because when we go to Jeremiah 22, we're going to see that there is a, a lineage there that God said in Jeremiah 22 that this man, Kaniah, though he is at the right hand of God as his signet, very important, because we're talking about the sealing, the sealing and engraving of a signet. The seal is the signet, is the sign of of God. The S-I-G-N sign, which is the seal, Alavtav, E-T. And this is signified to John in the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things. Those are the things of faith. Why did he sent and signified it? There's a sign. That's the sealing. The word of God. And it was signified, sent and signified unto John. What was that? That's the seal or the signet. Notice in Jeremiah, verse, that's chapter 22, verse 24. As I live, saith the Lord. That's the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the Tetragrammaton. Yahweh, Jehovah. Though Kaniah, Jeconiah, which is in and mentioned straight through that kingly dynasty line, kingly line of David in Matthew 1, verse 12, that the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, though he were the signet, the signet upon my right hand. That was a former sign as a king of Judah. What does he say? Yet would I pluck him thence. I would pluck him out. 
Oh, goodness, we're talking about something that is very critical here in the ceiling, in the sign, the signet of Kaniah. And why? Because he said, I spoke to you and all your prosperity, and you wouldn't hear. And we're going to see that in Zephaniah, the second chapter, about uncovering uh, the cedar work. The cedar work, the walls of salvation, and the holiest of all, the holies, uh, holy of holies when he anoints the most holy place. Now, I would pluck you out, Jeconiah or Kaniah, and he says, during that time, it's very important that we see in verse 21 that God was speaking to him all the time, but he would not hear. Very few will hear the voice of the Lord today because the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches Come in and choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. They cannot hear the voice of God. In Jeremiah 22, verse 21, God said, I spake unto you in your prosperity, but you said, I will not hear. He didn't have time for it. These are the ones that are in a prosperity gospel that are not coming to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ, under perfection through sufferings with the Lord Jesus Christ. This has been your manner from your youth that thou obeyest not my voice. You're not hearing or obeying the voice of God. You may hear it, but you don't obey it. And he said, the wind shall eat up all your pastors. Everyone that follows you in this prosperity is going to eat up every pastor. And thy lovers shall go into captivity, all that love that doctrine. Surely, then thou shalt say, and be ashamed and confounded for all thy wickedness. And the Lord talking about all the wicked being convinced of all their ungodly deeds, which they've ungodly committed. O inhabitant of Lebanon, those are the white baked brick of Babylon that makest thy nest in cedars. It's a cedar work, the walls of salvation in the holiest of all, the holy of holies, is the walls of cedar, overlaid with gold. How gracious thou shalt be when pangs come upon you. Pang, birth pang. They didn't know that were going to happen. All these are the beginning of sorrows, birth pains. But Mr. Babylon the Great says, I said a queen, I am no widow. I will have no birth pain. I'm already there. I'm already a queen. No sufferings. There's no birth pains. There's no Jesus to bring forth. I'm already a queen, married to the Lord, the king. But pains will come upon you, the pain of a woman in travail, exclamation mark. As I live, saith the Lord. Though can I, the son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, were the signet upon my right hand, though he was called of God, but to suffer for his name's sake, did not understand that. Spoken the voice of the Lord coming to him in his prosperity, but he wouldn't listen. Yet, God said, I will pluck you hence. I'll pluck you out. And I will give you into the hand of them that seek their life, the hand of them whose face 
you fear, even to the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and into the hand of Chaldeans, and in Mr. Babylon the Great, the mother of hearts and abomination of the earth, they will not call Jesus the father of glory. Neither will they suffer for his name's sake that they may reign with him, but say, I will not suffer. I will not have any birth pangs. God said at that point that many souls of the saints and the prophets are found in Babylon. God said it here. The ones that follow Kaniah in their prosperity and all that they say in money, you can have money, mammon and God too, was all a lie. Well, God said, I'll cast you out. You were there. You were a signet in my right hand. But I'll cast you out because you didn't obey my voice. The same thing that Jesus said in Matthew 7. Not all the same to me, Lord, Lord, will be able to enter in because you did not do the will of God. You didn't obey my voice. You had it. You were born again. You call me Lord, Lord. You were little children. And only the little children can call Jesus Lord Jehovah, God Almighty. We see that in 1 John 2, 12 through 14. I run to you little children because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. And you've known the Father. You know he's the Lord. But not all say to me, Lord, Lord, we'll be able to enter in. And then they begin to profess unto Jesus. Lord, we've done many wonderful works in your name. We have prophesied in your name. We have cast out devils in your name. We are Kenai. We are in your right hand. We're the signet in your right hand. But because we did not obey, and Kenai did not obey, Jesus' voice said, I'll cast you out. I'll pluck you hence from my hand. From that engraving in my hand, I'll pluck you out. And there will be another signet, another sign and that sign will be Zerubbabel, the king priesthood, the ones that will go on not as newborn babies, desire than sincere milk of the word, they've been born again. Not coming just to little children, knowing that Jesus is the father, but in obedience as overcomers, coming to young men and fathers, uh, growing up into Jesus and all things, not being tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. You'll find that in 1 John 12 through 14. So there's going to be a change. A change that in the Kaniah curse being plucked out, Zerubbabel, the king priesthood, will be engrafted and sealed in through obedience. And we find him the only one that is in the Roll dynasty line in the legal line of David, Matthew one twelve. We find him also in the fleshly, the genealogy of David through Mary in Luke three twenty seven, the king priest. It also alludes to in the kingly line, the royal dynasty line, and the legal line of David. He is the king. Jesus Christ, holding that he has Christ in him, the hope of glory, the kingly line. And in Luke 3, the flesh, 
that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. That fulfills the true ones that are in Christ Jesus, understanding the revelation of Christ, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Who was born Jesus, 41st generation, who is called Christ, 42nd generation. Somebody said, what is, we, we need to know all this. If you're going into the new thing, the new wine, and becoming a new wine skin for salvation, and not being cast out, and not being able to enter the kingdom of heaven, the answer is yes. That's affirmative, a definite yes, and essential for salvation. And those that lightly esteem it, saying, ah, and it means nothing, will literally be cast out. As he cast out Jeconiah, we see in First Chronicles 3, all the Kaniah's sons, not one of them ascended the throne after Kaniah. They did not ascend the throne of David. Seven sons, not one of them ascended the throne to David. Just as God said in his days, none will prosper and be on the throne of David. But we're talking about the legal land. We're going to have women that are listed in that legal line, the royal dynasty line of David in Matthew 1, where you never listed a woman in the lineage. Never. But we find it there. We find Hagar. We find Ruth, the Moabites, and Mary to Boaz. That is the legal line. Because it gives Jesus the right. The biological line, that's the flesh. That is through Mary. So there's a king priestly line right there. But it's in and connects in Zerubbabel. So he will be the new signet. He will be the one that will ascend to the sign, the sealing in Revelation 7. Growing up into Jesus in all things, uh, then obedience under righteousness. And only those will be sealed in the apocalyptic sealing in Revelation 7. When we see there that God plucks Coniah out of his right hand, though he be a signet in God's right hand. He was there, but he didn't obey the voice. Now he's plucked out. Now it's Rubable. We're going to see through the scriptures that he will replace it. And God said, he's going to cast him out. And where you were not born, Babylon, there you shall die. You're going to die in Babylon. Die in confusion. Not coming to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. But to the land whereunto they desire to return. Who's that? All the seed of Kaniah, all the ones that follow prosperity that don't obey the voice of God, don't carry the cross and crucify the flesh with the affections of the lust. All of them desire to return to the present truth in God. Thither shall they not return. Return to me, the Lord said. Return unto me. For I've torn, I'll heal. I've smitten, I'll bind you up. Have the second day, I'll revive you in the third day, which we're in now. I'll raise you up, you'll live in my sight. They said, no, we will not return. God said, you won't. You desire to, but you won't do it. You won't obey God. You will not crucify the flesh with the affections and the lust. 
Then it says there, and we see the truth of it. Jeremiah 22, verse 28. Is this man Kaniah, a despised, broken idol? Well, there's the man. It's a number of a man, the number of a beast. And that is that they did not come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. And God said, I'll cast you out. I will cast you out as a profane, profane branch. Salt and wind, that salt that's lost its savor. Nothing fit but for the dunghill. Is this man, all that are in this man, saying they are Jews or not for the synagogue of Satan, not obeying the voice of God in prosperity, saying that we don't have to suffer for his name's sake. We don't have to crucify the flesh with the affections of the lust. Not seeing any sorrow or birth pangs. We already had, we said a queen, we are no widow, and we will see no sorrows, no birth pangs, no tribulation. Is this Kaniah despised, broken idol? Is he a vessel wherein is no pleasure? Wherefore are they cast out? He and his seed, all that believe that, and are cast into a land which they know not, not realizing where they are. They think they're in Laodicea. They are fed. They have clothed and they have need of nothing. They think they have the full righteousness of God and the money to prove it. Many of their thinking the gain is godliness. It was in the prosperity that Kaniah would not hear and all the seed of it. He says, he and his seed are cast into a land which they know not. Oh, earth, 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 hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, write ye this man childless. He will not bring forth Christ in him. He's childless. A man that shall not prosper in his days, in his lifetime. For no man of his seed shall prosper. We see that in 1 Chronicles 3, not a one of them. Seven sons, not one did. Not one of them set upon the throne of David and ruling any more in Judah. Now, and he goes on, woe being the pastor that scatter his flock, scatter the sheep and do not feed them. Not bring the truth, the present truth of the word of God. Now, when we see that in Jeremiah 22, that there is this cedar work. Now, notice in Zephaniah 2 that God talks about uncovering the cedar work. Now, please tune into the podcast that as we get down and break this down, you'll see that this is the beginning. This, this Zerubbabel is the signet, is the sign of Loftov. It is the latter reign of the Holy Ghost. It is the signet now in Zerubbabel. It's a new thing. And we'll see that as we progress into this revelation of the king priesthood, this high calling of God in which we're all called in Christ Jesus. What? Pressing toward the mark. That mark is a top. It's the A to the Z. It's uh, the law to the Tav. The Tav is the last letter. The alpha to the omega, going all into the image of Jesus Christ in perfection, in all truth. 
And God, through the prophet Zephaniah, says uh, that he's going to famish all the gods of the earth, not just the gods of Egypt as he did in the days of Moses, but all the gods of this earth. Every god in this world he's going to bring down. And he says, the remnant of my people, of the house of Judah, the remnant can keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus, the faith of Jesus that was once delivered to the saints. The residue of my people shall spoil them, and the remnant of my people shall possess them, the people of God. It says uh, that the Lord will be terrible unto them. That's uh, Zephaniah 2, verse uh, 11. He will, he will be terrible unto all the evil. He will famish all the gods of the earth, and men shall worship him. Not them, not a trinity, not a binary, a tunis, or a oneness doctrine. They will worship him, the man Christ Jesus, who in the days of his flesh, was made in under the law to redeem us under the law, but went back to his former glory, glorified by the Father's own self. He is the Father of glory. There's only one, not the man who is not God, but has the Spirit of God in him as a oneness doctrine. Not two lords, for the Lord said unto my Lord that there's two different persons in that Godhead, and definitely not a trinity, where there's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, which will all be torn down through the judgments of God. He said, and they will only worship him, the Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone from his place, even all the isles of the heathen that are left in the land, will worship the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll be one king, and his name one Zechariah 14. And he says, in that time, you Ethiopians shall be slain by my sword. But Baal says, peace, peace when there is no peace. Jesus said, you think I come to send peace on the earth, but rather a sword. That sword is judgment. And all God's ways are judgment. In Amos 9, verse 9, God said, that's how I'll sift my people. There's a sifting going on among the nations. And not the least grain, not, not one of my people that are born again, that come to the measure of the statue of Jesus, will be thrown to the ground. He will lose none that have come unto him. But he goes on and says, we have to be in obedience to do the will of God. Amos 9, 10, but I will destroy all the sinners of my people by the sword. They didn't know there was a sword, but I'll destroy them by the sword, which say no evil, no raw in Hebrew, no trouble or tribulation, no birth pains shall prevent nor overtake us. Mr. Babylon says that we'll have no pain. We'll have no sorrows. We'll have no birth pains. We're pre-tribulation raptured out of it. Does not know the work of the ministry. And God says, because you don't, you say no evil is going to prevent or overtake you. I'll destroy you by my sword. All the sinners of my people would say that. Those are the ones that are in Kaniah, Jeconiah. And that's the reason why. That none will prosper. They will be childless. They won't birth Christ in them to the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus and the remnant of her seed that keep, keep the commandments of God. The man-child that she will birth 
that is uh, the church birthing Jesus Christ in her. Caught up to God and to his throne, the man-child. Who are they? They're the remnant of her seed. That's the remnant he's talking about here in Zephaniah 2, that God's uncovering the seed of work. The seed of work is not in Pentecost. This is the time he's going to anoint the most holy, the most holy place, Daniel 9, 24. This is the time of the cedar, touching the cedar walls, walls of cedar. That's in the holiest of all, the most holy place, the holy of holies. And it is to uncover that cedar work where we should go all the way to the measure of the statue of Jesus in obedience, crucifying the flesh with the affections of the lust. And it says right here in, in Zephaniah 2 that he's going to uncover this cedar work. And at that time, in verse 13, and he will stretch out his hand against the north and destroy Assyria. That's the ones out of the north. A great evil shall befall all the inhabitants of the land. Oh, Assyria, the rod of mine anger, the staff in their hand is God's indignation. And I will make Nineveh desolation and dry like a wilderness. Verse 14, and flocks shall lie down in the midst of her. A destroyed Nineveh, a destroyed northern army, a destroyed Assyria. All the beasts of the nations, both the cumbrant and the bittern, shall lodge in the upper lintels of it. That is in the capitals of her columns where there should be pomegranates and fruit for God. There'll be all unclean beasts. And their voice shall sing in the windows. Desolation. Desolation shall be in the thresholds of the door. Desolation. Yes, until the end of the war, desolations are determined. And that determined will be poured out upon the wicked. Daniel 9, 27. Here it is. Why? For he shall uncover the cedar work. What cedar work? Well, the cedar work, which is the walls in the holiest of all. Well, that is in Solomon's temple. That was dedicated not in Passover as the tabernacle of Moses was dedicated in Passover. And that's where we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, the Passover, Christ our Passover, sacrifice for us, going on into the Feast of Weeks, Pentecost, Acts the second chapter. That's happened 2,000 years ago, two days ago. Now we're in the third day. We're, we're not in the Pentecostal reign anymore. He's calling us Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel, coming out of Babylon. Zerubbabel being the signal. We'll see that. And he's going to uncover that cedar work. And as we look at that in Jeremiah 22, that's the whole thing about Kaniah. The curse of Kaniah. The prosperity. And he says in Jeremiah 22, and he says in verse 8, on many nations, God will look at verse 7, I will prepare destroyers, God said, against you, 
uh, every one with his weapons. And they shall cut down thy choice cedars. That's a cedar work. And cast them into the fire. And many nations shall pass by this city. And they shall say, every one to his neighbor. We're talking about the city of God. Destroying the, the, the holy city. We see that in Revelation 11. It was a read like a rod given to me saying, rise, measure the temple of God, the altar and them that worship therein, but the courtyard which without, leave out and measure it not. For the holy city, here it is, shall be trodden down underfoot 42 months. Time, times I have three and a half years in the work of the ministry. We're either going to enter in and come to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ and the Zerubbabel, uh, the two naughty ones, or the two sons of Baal, or we're going to be cast out as unclean. And uh, many nations shall pass by this city, the city of God. They said, why? Why is God doing this? And they shall say, every one to his neighbor, wherefore hath the Lord done this unto this great city? Why? Wherefore? What, what has happened? Then shall they answer, because they have forsaken the covenant of their Lord their God. Well, the covenant is Jesus Christ has given a covenant to the people, but the Antichrist will have indignation against them and against the holy covenant against the true Jesus uh, followers, the real Jesus, not this worldly Jesus, not that many will come in my name and say, I'm Christ, you'll deceive many in my name, Jesus said, bringing reproach to the name of Jesus, but that have forsaken the covenant, forsaken the real Jesus, and worshiped other gods, uh, plural, and served them. A trinity, a two-ness, a binitarian, or a oneness doctrine, God. Where he alone, Jesus Christ, the man, is God Almighty. And that's what will be at the end of all judgments. All will know him from the least to the greatest. For the knowledge of the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. And there will be only one God. There won't be a trinity. There will only be one. There will not be a two-ness, a binary, the Lord and said to my Lord. There will not be a oneness doctrine where the man's not God, but as God in him, it will be Jesus, the man who is God Almighty, the quickening spirit. God Almighty. This is the whole work of the ministry. Jeremiah 22, verse 10. Weep you not for the dead, neither bemoan him, but weep sore for him that goeth away, for he shall return no more nor see his native country. He was in there. He had the truth. He was a newborn babe. He was a little child, but he's not growing up. And he's going to be forsaken. He's not going to be able to return back into the land. For thus saith the Lord, touching Shalom. Shalom, the son of Josiah. That's the fourth son of Josiah, of Judah, which reigned instead of Judah, Josiah, his father which went forth out of his place, he shall not return thither anymore. They're going into Babylon, a false doctrine of prosperity. Because all that Babylon stands for and all that thy soul lusted after, the ships of Tarshish were made rich through the abundance of this worldly global church doctrine of Christ, false doctrine. 
rich babe, rich by the abundance of her delicacies. And that great city that has made all the nations of the world drunk with the wine of her fornication, not knowing the real true Jesus. A false church. But he shall die in the place whether they have led him captive and shall see this land no more. He was in it, but he was driven away of the lust of the flesh. The pride of life, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, the love of the world, and they're destroyed. Thinking that gain is godliness. Woe unto him that buildeth his house by unrighteousness. The gods are one sending the strong delusion. Second Thessalonians 2. God himself said, I will send strong delusion that they'd all might believe a line be downed. Why? Because they had pleasure in unrighteousness. And there will be signs, miracles, and lying wonders in this strong delusion that they believe a lie and be damned. We're either in all the truth and love him all the way. You either gather or scatter, for or against, in the, all, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump, or they die. It's, I know, it's a strong word. And it's some things are hard to be understood, while those wrestle these scriptures, bring upon themselves swift destruction. Now, no one likes to hear that. But it's the truth anyhow. It's the truth in the Lord Jesus Christ. We want the sweet, bitter honey, the, the sweet honey to the mouth, but not the bitter herbs to the stomach, to the belly. One, you can't have one, the revelation of the good word of God and the honey, tasting the powers of the world to come, and the good word of God, and not have the bitterness to the belly. Well, Warn to him to build his house by unrighteousness. That obedience is unto righteousness, and it has to be obeyed, Romans 6. Anybody tells you that there is no works that accompany salvation, you better read Revelation, the second and third chapter. Every church, Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea, the first thing Jesus says, I know thy works. I haven't found them perfect. Or repent, do your first works over. If you don't, I'm going to come remove the candlestick out of its place. It's all or nothing in God. We go all the way to the measure of the stature of fullness of Christ. Oh, we lose. We run a race. We don't stop in the middle of it. We don't grow up as little uh, children, newborn veins of little children, and stop there. We have to go on all the way, grow it up into Jesus in a full man. What is a child? It makes it a child. Can't stop there. Paul said, when I was a man, I put away these childish things. We are to come unto perfection. Hebrews 6. Leaving, therefore, the first principles of the doctrine of Christ. Leave them. Don't forget them. Leave them. Let us go on to perfection. Not laying again the foundation of faith toward God, repentance from dead works. The doctrine of laying over the hands under baptisms. And the resurrection, eternal judgment. This will we do, if God permit. Let us go on to perfection. We must go on, and he that put the hand to the plow, looketh back, is not fit for the kingdom of God. We have to go all the way. Now, that's hard for some to understand. It's not just one verse, and I'm saved, and that's it. 
It requires obedience going up into him in all things, Ephesians 4. And he gave us some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. And that's not a suggestion. Jesus said in Matthew 5, Be you therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. And he gave us a fivefold ministry for the perfecting of the saints. We must reach that level. And especially in this season, which we are at that time of the sealing of God's servants in their foreheads, which that signet of the sealing is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, the king priesthood, not to Kaniah, not to prosperity, not to the worldly lust. He said, woe be unto him that builded his house by unrighteousness. They didn't build it upon and dig deep and found the rock Christ. They took the shortcuts. I don't have to suffer. I don't have to have a cross. I don't have to crucify the flesh with the affection of the lust. I can do my own will and be saved. No, if we don't do the will of God, then many will say in that time, thinking they have salvation, and the Lord say, not all that say unto me, Lord, Lord. They're little children. They've been born again, little children. They've known the Father. They know he's the Lord. But some, still at that, will not be able to enter in because you did not do the will of God. He'll say, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. I never knew you. They'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Why? Iniquity is lawlessness. You did not obey the leading of the Holy Ghost. That's Kaniah. He didn't obey. And all the seed of him is plucked out, even though he was a signet, sealed in God's hand. God said, I'll pluck you hence. I'll put it in there with those that obey me. It woe to him to build his house by unrighteousness and his chambers by wrong. What chambers? Well, in the last days, there's a great time of trouble coming. A great evil shall come out of the north upon all the inhabitants of the land. That's the second vision given to Jeremiah the prophet to the nations. And at that time, he says, what do we do? Enter thy people, God's people, into thy chambers, the priestly chambers that you have made through obedience unto righteousness in the priest chambers. Enter into your chambers and hide yourself a little while in your chambers until the indignation be overpassed. The Assyrian, the rod of God's anger, the staff in their hands is God's indignation until that indignation be overpassed. That's Isaiah 10, verse 5. Then what? Then God said, mine anger shall end in their destruction, not yours, in their destruction. Well, what if you built your chambers by wrong? Well, then you don't have a chamber to enter into. You'll be destroyed by it. We must be sealed. Otherwise, the locust coming out of the bottomless pit and that fifth trumpet will be against those that have not the seal of God in their foreheads. And they will be hurt. They have stings and tails of scorpions for five months. As it was in the days of Noah, the waters prevailed upon the earth 150 days, five months. As it was in the days of Noah, the plague there of locusts and Abaddon and Apollyon, the destroyer, that God said, I'll prepare these destroyers. That will come against those that have not the seal of God in the forehead. Five months, the same. And he said that uses his neighbor's service without wages. That is self-indulgence. 
That is uh, the pride of life. Iniquity. Using your neighbor's service for that wages and gives him not for his work. And that is walking on other people for your own self-gratitude. What does God say? Very important. Verse 14, Jeremiah 22. That saith, what do they say? I will build me a wide house and large chambers. I will. Like Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar saying, is this not great Babylon that I have built? Is this not my great city? And immediately God cut him off until seven times passed over him. Those seven times are the seven in the Feast of Sevens, the Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Engathering, the time of the Feast of Tabernacles or Trumpets. That season of Tabernacles, Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. We're in that season now for those that have an ear to hear. He said, I... Those that said, I'll build me a white house and build and he large chambers. And I cutteth him out windows and it is sealed with cedar. They're doing the same thing they're trying to do in Tishri in the seventh month with walls of cedar. And that ceiling we will get into because it has in there engravings. Engravings of a cherubim, engraving on the wall of cedar, and engravings of palm trees in the season of tabernacles, and engravings of open flowers, the fruit harvest, the fruit of God in the oil and wine harvest. Those are sealings, but it's all in Zerubbabel, the signet, because all of them are engravings of an engraver of a signet of cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers. And the whole signet is Zerubbabel. It's the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. It's not us. It's God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus, but we have the treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power is of God, not of ourselves. They seal their walls with cedar, just the same. They think it's fine but they painted it with vermilion. It's a man-painted wall. It's not overlaid with the gold, the, with gold, the glory of God. It's man-made glory. Man seeketh his own glory. Speaketh of himself. I built the house. I built the walls. I built my own windows. It seemed right to him because he did it. It seemed right to him. But that time, God said, shall you reign? Reign with the Lord Jesus? Because you close yourself in cedar? Did not your fathers eat and drink and do judgment and justice? And then it was well with him? He judged the cause of the poor and the needed and the needy. Then it was well with him. And was not this to know me? Saith the Lord, not only know Jesus, but to obey him in his voice in obedience unto righteousness. Now this goes on and on, and we will see that there's a new thing in Zerubbabel, son of Sheltiel, that he is now my signet. In Haggai, that we see in the last chapter, in Haggai, talking about the work of God in Haggai 2, in the latter reign, when he shakes all nations, 
the desire of all nations shall come, and I'll make the glory of the latter house greater than that of the former. That's not the rapture. That's the latter rain. And in that day, this is Haggai 2, verse 23, the feast prophet Haggai. In that day, saith the Lord of hosts, I will take you, O Zerubbabel, my servant, the king priesthood. We saw that in Matthew 1, 12. That's the kingly line. And Luke 3, 27, that is the priestly line, the king priest, my servant. Those are the ones sealed, the servants of God in the forehead in Revelation 7. The son of Sheltiel, those that have asked God for a son, saith the Lord, and will make thee, you, the body of Christ, as a signet, the sign of lifetime, the king priesthood in the last days. For I have chosen thee, saith the Lord of hosts. Who did he choose? He chose the servant. Why? Because that's the body that God has prepared. Now, while he was in the world, uh, in the days of his flesh, he was manifest in the flesh. Now, he said, during that time, I'm the light of the world. Now, you, the body of Christ, are the light of the world. There's your king priesthood. It's a rule. It's the time of the latter reign where God is preparing his body now. Now, there's much, much more. The cherubim of glory, the cherubim of glory, shadowing the mercy seat, of which now we cannot speak particularly, Paul said in Hebrews 9, 5, we will get into this work of the ministry. Tune in to the podcast. Now, please, uh, if this has bore witness with your spirit, the Holy Ghost bearing witness with your spirit, then please give us a call. Let us work together in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is bringing his body into one right now, not denomination, but the body of Christ. He's breaking down the denominational walls. And only those will prosper that are in him in the revelation, the true revelation of Jesus Christ. Then give me a call. Leave a message. I'll get right back to you. My country code is one plus. Area code 903-746-4885. The body of Christ is coming together. Many of you are calling. We thank God for you. We're working together. Those of you that are contemplating and pondering, pray about it. The Lord leads you. We definitely want to work together with you. Again, country code one plus area code 903-746-4885 or you can write to me dennis beard post office box 2906 longview texas zip code 75606 or you can message me over the website feelinggodspeople.org feelinggodspeople.com or dennisbeard.org well we'd love to hear from you until the next time this is brother dennis beard saying behold the real Jesus.